0: You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Local voices, local conversations. Welcome to NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley College Now. Technology, some days it seems like it's the only thing we talk about, yet it's not really an end in itself, it's just a tool to improve every aspect of our lives. And few places is that more central than in helping students in general, and especially students with learning differences. That's our focus today as we're gonna talk about some of those things and some of those areas that are happening right here at Napa Valley College. To talk about it, I'm joined by Amar Abbott and Rebecca Scott. Amar is a doctoral student at Pepperdine University in the Doctor of Education and Learning Technology Program. He's also an alternative media specialist and assisted technologist here at Napa Valley College. Rebecca Scott is the Dean of the Library Resource and Learning Center here at NVC. And it is my pleasure to welcome them both here to NapaBroadcasting.com. Amar, Rebecca, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, Jeff. I'll get these microphones over to you. Amar, first of all, talk a little bit about uh, the program that you're in at Pepperdine and uh, some of the things that that really are at the cutting edge of, of helping people learn, both those with learning difficulties, learning differences, but really helping look at how learning is going to function in the 21st century.
1: Well... The, um, like you said earlier, technology is a tool, and how to maximize that tool is what I'm learning with, at Pepperdine. My doctoral program focuses on technology and how people learn, which is the learning technology part from learning scientist's point of view. And there's been a lot of deep research on how people learn, and they're pretty much getting different disciplines involved in the learning process. So physiology. Uh, The uh, psychological, education, they blend into how the person learns, and then you have technology of the 21st century, and how do you integrate that into the classroom for students. And then there's another layer of it about how do you help students with learning disabilities, which I'm focused on, and how does technology affect them.
0: Talk about some examples of some of the, the cutting edge stuff that's happening now, particularly as it relates to students with learning difficulties and disabilities.
1: Yeah, I'm with the Cyber Learning Project, and um, one of my professors brought me in to help with the um, accessibility needs, and wanted to get my input on that. And one of the projects they're doing through the Science uh, National Science Foundation, through the Circle um, Organization, is they have a project where for um, hearing disabled people, they have glasses that have a HUD. Uh, which is a visual picture inside the glasses mm-hmm. and you can see the signer and then you can also see the person on stage who's giving a speech so the is not broken up with their focus we're turning back and forth to the signer and the speaker where they could see everything at once with the heads up display in the hud unit inside the glasses it's one of the really fascinating projects they're working on and i think they're pretty much almost done with it i mean i don't know why they didn't use google glasses but Google glasses kind of fell by the wayside so they had to start from scratch but it's a really fascinating project and it's just one of the projects they're doing they're trying to help people with disabilities be a functional member of society.
0: And talk a little bit about locally some of the things that are going on here at Napa Valley College, some of the things you're working on.
1: <laughs> well, we've been working on access, better access for our students through, we use Kurzweil, get them access to reading software, Dragon, so they can speak. And we have a lab up there training students to um, help get the technology into the curriculum so they'd be more effective students.
0: And Rebecca, talk a little bit about having these resources available. There was a time when, you know, you thought of the library, well, it was a place where you went to get the books, right. and that was, but now it's a much more complex uh, situation, much more that has to be available that, that you and, and your staff has to be aware of.
2: That's true. I would say that the Library and Learning Resource Center now is, uh, you know, very inclusive to include and uh, to address the learning diversity of all students. Like Amar was saying, um, we use uh, we have Kurzweil available on all our computers, which is text to speech. It takes the text that students are reading and allows them to put it into speech. So if they have a disability in reading, for example, um, that gives them equal access to all the reading materials. So that's on all of all of the um, library. computers as well as a Mars set upstairs we have a specialized lab for for students that have disabilities to get training around that and he talked about drag and dictate which is where you take it and that one is speech to text Next. so if you have a situation where you're having difficulty writing um you can uh, talk into a computer and it writes what you say So that uh, again, uh, you know, our whole idea is to give students equal access to um, the educational opportunities here on
1: campus. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I'd like to add. No, go ahead, please. Is um, I'm a learning disability student, and I have no problem telling everybody that, just for the fact that I think it's important people to know somebody who's went through the educational system using this technology. I personally use Kurzweil and Dragon for all my papers in college and it helped me get to my doctoral program so it's a highly effective tool to help you be successful in college because before this before the technologies I was a struggling student I didn't want to go to school I, I actually actually could not stand school to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> but this helped me overcome my disability and I want to make sure that people understand that those are just tools to help you be successful they're not Encompass of the person, or how everyone should see you. It's just a tool to help you be successful, like a copper carpenter and a hammer.
0: Is there a stigma that, that is associated with those things, or has technology gotten to the point where that's going away? For either one of you,
1: um, I think with the learning disability student, um, there's some stigma about their identity of how they are and how the world perceives them, but. The further I go along, and the older I've been getting, older I get, um, I think society's catching up to the stigma. Like it's not that big a deal, and as younger people grow up, they see it's just technology is just part of their everyday life, and so how you use it is just how you use it, not how it helps you to get over your disability. They're just looking at technology in general and how it helps society. So I think years to come, it's going to be less of such a um, stigma and more just an accepted practice. And, and
2: I want to add one thing Please. to that.
1: I think that cell phones have really done a lot
2: with making people see uh, accessibility. For instance, now, instead of typing your message into the phone, you can talk into it, which is basically drag and dictate. You talk into the computer, it what you say, um, as well as your phone will also read aloud to you. So I think as everyone has access to these tools, it becomes um, more inclusive for everyone to, uh, you know, use what tools work for them and that there's not a certain stigma attached to it. So I think think we are moving in the right direction
0: and having a more inclusive society. To what extent do students know that these resources exist? Is this something that's out there, you know, in a large part of the population, the student population at this point? Or do you find, Rebecca, that, that many times you have to kind of lead people, lead students to these some of these things?
2: Yeah, what, what typically happens, a lot of students come here and they have been uh, identified with a disability in the K-12 system, kindergarten through 12th grade. And so they come into our program and get into our disabled student program, and we provide those accommodations to them when they go into the class. But the other thing that happens is students will get into college, and, and the learning becomes more difficult. The material, mm-hmm. the reading becomes more difficult. The writing becomes more difficult. And many students hit a wall. And so oftentimes, it's the, our faculty, our professors, that uh, refer the students to our program, And they meet with a learning disability specialist or a counselor and that counselor uh, or learning disability specialist gets them those accommodations for their class.
0: Amar, as, as you're involved in this, you know, looking at the future of this at Pepperdine and as part of your program, is this the kind of thing that we should be looking at really K through 12 at this point, that kids that are identified early on with some kind of difference or some kind of disability, should have access to this immediately so that it's not a question of catch up, as, as Rebecca says, when they get to college.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The earlier you get a student involved in learning, or a person involved in learning, this is better, beneficial throughout their whole career and in adulthood and career wise. I mean, studies have shown that the earlier you get a person on the right track with reading to them when they're um, before they get into um kindergarten and doing those things to help them learn they'll be more effective students later and obviously if you catch it early enough you can help them be successful early so they won't have the the, the identity stigma that I had when I was growing up because the, um, the Americans with Disability Act and 1973 Rehabilitation Act happened in 1973 and I was still a kid so I was pretty much the new student on the block to get that technology in, and have the government realize that we need to help these type of students. So I have that, that baggage that I carry with me, which I'm trying to mitigate for the new students that they don't have that. So when they go forward, they don't see themselves as having a stigma, a problem with disability. It's just a part of who they are, and these are the tools you need to overcome. How good is the technology, both, for example,
0: Kurzweil and Dreg, and how good is this technology, and how much further does it have to go?
1: Kurzweil, um, when I first started Kurzweil, <laughs> it was like 13 years ago. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 13 years ago, and it's been doing better iterations and progress, obviously, get better technology. And the, um, the scan, depending on how good the scan was, you had like – accuracy back then but now we're up into like 90 the mid 90's 97 percentile of accuracy when they read I mean we still have to do some zone editing to make sure the book reads properly and Mm -hmm. some editing to the book material but it's pretty much once you scan it and convert it it's good to go I mean it's really highly advanced good technology to help a person learn Mm -hmm. now if you get through the voices if you have a problem with the voices well that's not the way to go yet right But as far as Dragon, they just brought up a new version, and you don't even really have to train it all that much. I mean, a couple paragraphs, you train it, and it's pretty much effective out the box. I mean, you have to do a little bit of training, but I think that's like 98 coming out the box. After you do your initial training and it gets used to your voice, and especially if you're from the Midwest, which I think the inventor was from, because a person with a Midwest accent is like phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what happens with that is
2: uh, in the, the initial version was you had to sit in a room and it would train to your voice. You would have to read into right, it and right. it would get used to your voice. It's so much better now. I can't even. And that would discourage a lot of people. From
1: do- using it but now it's it's very easy to use yeah you have to use it. when you first started it back 10 12 years ago you had to be in a quiet room be isolated and it's kind of just dictate but over the years it's been getting much better and i've i've used it in noisy places and people kind of just look at you you're talking when i first started people just looked at me kind of crazy when i was. You're talking to your headset, <laughs> who you're talking
0: but to. But now people are talking, I mean, to, to Rebecca's point before, people are talking to Siri all the
1: time. <laughs> right. Or to the and that nobody right. they're talking to. <laughs> so like I said, so- society's catching up to technology where it's not so much of a stigma.
0: Rebecca, talk a little bit about all of this technology and how much of it needs to exist within the library, for example, to accommodate all the needs. Is, is there constantly a need to, to keep adding resources?
2: Right, there's so much. Uh, there's so much that's going on now. Um, it, there is, and just staying on top of it is is difficult. And then, of course, finding the money to right. uh, to be able to fund it is a is another big challenge. Um, but this uh, Napa Valley College has always been very dedicated to students with disabilities and all students, and they believe in student success across the board. Um, and we are fortunate to 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 have you know the lovely mccarthy library that's equipped with the latest and greatest technology Um, we also have recently been expanding into training um students on how to use the smart pen and what the smart pen does is it records things while you're in a class and you and and when you're taking notes it also is taking pictures of your notes and you upload that to your computer when you get out of class So that allows you to have the information more than one time. The biggest way we all learn is to get the information more than one time. Most people don't get it in one time. So you want the students to have a way to be able to go back when they're studying, hear the lecture again, see their notes again, upload it onto their computer where they can keep track of them, not lose them. And um, and that's been another very successful tool. So we provide those in the library too. We
0: provide trainings around that. Mm-hmm. Amar, why aren't, in your opinion, why aren't more people using the smart pen? I mean, even people that, that don't have learning difficulties or learning differences. I mean, it just seems like a tool that you look at and you say, gee, I wish they had that back in my day. Yeah.
1: Well, I think one of, the, <clears throat> one of the issues is abundance. I mean, we now have an abundance of technology I mean, we have apps that do five different things. Mm-hmm. We have our cell phones. We have our computers. I mean, there's so much technology out there. It's just abundance. It's kind of overwhelming to to people in general. And if you don't know about something, you don't know about it. So how are you going to be able to use it and progress with it? I mean, we advertise. We tell people about it. but for the general populace how would they know let's see a commercial on TV about it or something Mm -hmm. so there's this abundance of technology and whatever you're focusing is what you truly just focus on and do that and if it works you keep doing that until you find something better or it stops working is what usually leads people to different technologies when they're Current technology stops working. They go, oh man, I gotta get a new computer, new phone, or they start researching it. Then a lot of people are not proactive in right. the search of technology, like the geeks and the nerds, like I am. <laughs> 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 go out, just like, oh, do shoddy bobble. What does it do? <laughs> well,
0: it's, also, it's also it seems a generational thing that you know. And I, I've talked to, to college kids, for example, about this, this very thing, the smart pen. Gee, wouldn't that be cool? That no, I do it this way. I already have a system for that, and that's fine. But when it becomes commonplace and everybody has it or younger people have it, they'll grow up with it or, or some equivalent to it.
2: Yeah, I, w- I would say, you know, it was funny the other day I was in a in a with with some students from college. And it was in a lecture situation, and I'm sitting there taking notes, and there's a student next to me not taking any notes at all. And I'm like, wow, that's really amazing. They don't have to take notes. And they just took out their phone and took a picture of the board. And I thought, oh, they were a lot smarter than I. (laughs) So they figured out, you know, they're they're using their phones, they're using their way of. um, And I think that uh, the college generation expects uh, technology to help them and is looking for ways. For it to help them. I think as a college, what we need to do is make sure that we promote our trainings and, and, and assist students in, in getting the support they need mm-hmm. for the new things.
0: Amar, talk about in your program what what's the holy grail out there? What, what would you like to see or what would your colleagues like to see in terms of making technology even more of an asset in education that's not quite there yet?
1: Wow, well, that's a huge question. <laughs> um, well, for me personally, my Mine is access, you know, access to the Internet, not to worry about what technology you're using so a person with disabilities can go into that government site and get the information they need and then pursue whatever they need to pursue. And education can help in that with their training and have a more conceptual idea of what you need to do instead of like on what we've been teaching people how to do. Now. So, we need a more holistic approach of how to see society and how the tools are going to get you to get to that government program that you need or get access to that movie you wanted to see or how access works. And then, if we get a better access to technology, education, that's just going to make society better as a whole now as far as some of my we, we, we go in cadres at a cohort so my cadre mates they have all different focuses and someone like collaborative learning to make sure that you integrate uh, physics with math with the science you need so it's all one unit so they can all talk together and make that process smoother for the student and Others are into online education. Distance education. I'm just that somewhat. But how do you make that smooth? And how do you teach better with better put, uh, pedagogy online? And how teachers of tomorrow are gonna have student interest today? So how do you bridge that gap? And so we're doing stuff like that. Some of my um, colleagues like that are doing stuff like that nature.
0: What are you seeing, Rebecca? In terms of, and, and obviously we're not going to name names, but in terms of pushback among teachers and professors, the, many of whom, and I, we've seen this, you know, have done things a certain way for a long time, and oh, I don't want to do that, or I don't want to allow the phones in the classroom, or I don't. There is some pushback. There is some some old school attitude about all of this.
2: Yeah, I think I think there. There, of course, is. But the cool thing is, is that professors also are using their phones and you're starting to see how technology can help them. Um, we do have that. And we do have some muscle because we do have the American with Disabilities Act. So if that happens, we can say we appreciate your view. However, we do we do not support it. And we must support students with all students with um, getting the information and learning. So, but uh, you know, I will have to say this is an amazing campus. The professors are um, very knowledgeable about supporting students and about students with disabilities. So we have little, very little of that here.
0: The other side of this, of course, is that it's not and probably shouldn't be, and this this goes to some of the things that you were talking about, Amar, not limited to students with disabilities. This is stuff that can benefit everybody. It, it frees up more time. It, it really enhances a deeper kind of learning in many cases.
1: Yeah, it's it goes to a universal learning design and what pretty much that is is if you make it, let's take curb cuts for the street. So the curb cut was really designed for a person in a wheelchair. They can roll down, they can go forward and roll back up to the curb. But for an elderly person with a cane, they can use that same curb cut to get across the street and have no problem getting back to the curb. So it's learning. It's an idea of that nature that will help them be beneficial to the learning process so if we include everybody at the beginning of the design then we don't have to worry about the little missteps that happen along the way because it's already been planned for and taken care of so if we do that with have that kind of mindset and design well, before we start it's going to be beneficial in the end because a lot of people unfortunately have been trying to put it at the end well what the problem with that is it's more costly it's a bigger headache. People don't want to do it. It's just harder to do that. But if you teach people at the beginning that the mindset is to have access for everyone at the get-go, then the bumps you go along the way are going to be minute and a lot easier to overcome.
0: Mm-hmm. And Amar, talk a little bit about your role here at, at Napa Valley College. What specifically you're involved in doing? <clears throat> um,
1: specifically, I'm the alternate media specialist, assist technologist. What the alternate media specialist does is take print material and digitize it for the learning disability student to have it in different formats. So if they need a large print, I can digitize it and I make it large print as, as big as they want. Occasionally I've done braille for a visually impaired person that was on campus and I had to do the whole catalog once which for braille, for every page, every written page is three pages of braille. And since I really can't read braille, because they do it by touch, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there looking at it with a flashlight to see if, the, if it's right or not. So that oh, was no. difficult. And basically my role is to get materials accessible for students and for teachers to help them be better at their jobs.
0: And Rebecca, what would be great to have that we don't have here at, at Napa Valley College? Something that, that you might like down the future if the money were available, if there was an opportunity?
2: Well, uh, I I could say uh, two things. I want to talk a little bit. When when Amar was talking about universal design uh, classrooms, that basically if all students, all teachers were taught when they started teaching here how to create classrooms um, where they're utilizing this technology for all students, we would actually work ourselves out of a job. Amar and I could go, you know, what? Getting get in the employ- unemployment line, I guess. It'd
1: be, but it'd be a great thing. You know, yeah. it'd be a great thing. I, I don't want to be unemployed, <laughs> but the whole process of having everybody access, I'd be more than happy yeah. to have. Yeah. And if I could do other things, that'd be great. Yeah. So so the idea of training all the faculty and
2: how to to have um, universally designed classrooms where the, where all students had uh, text-to-speech, speech-to-text, ability to, you know, upload lectures, you know, all that kind of thing. There's really no reason why all students shouldn't have that, uh, but the other thing um, would be, you know, we're as a matter of fact, Lamar and I are working on this now, specific trainings um, for faculty through the Teaching Learning Center on how to use these technologies as well. So that's that's our next step here.
1: Yeah, it's a big step. <laughs>
0: Rebecca Scott, Mar Abbott, I thank you both for coming in and uh, sharing some of this with us. Thanks, uh, Jeff. It's was great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Napa Valley College Now on NapaBroadcasting.com, the online radio home of Napa Valley College.